my freshman year we won a championship 12 and 0 sophomore year we won a championship 12 and 0 so in two years we didn't lose a game back-to-back state champs the year before I got there um, so my year in eighth grade when I was still in Ohio we were 11 and one and lost in the state championship Jeez. so we were in uh, we were in three straight and I want to say before that we were back to back I don't think they were undefeated but we went back to back 11 and one lost the state championship and then back to back undefeated 24 and0 state that's championship. phenomenal he was a big fan of the WWE and the Ultimate Warrior, so he'd, um, he created something he called Warrior of the Week. I'm in, like, fifth grade, so whatever you are, like, ten years old. Um, and I'm trying to catch punts from NFL punters that are bombing them, like, 80 yards downfield, and there's, like, 5,000 people watching you, and if you drop it, they boo you. Welcome back to another rep. My name is Steve Hagan. I love this show. And uh, I love it because it's my show, <laughs> selfishly, but also I get to interview whoever I want. And today, I'm interviewing my son, Will Hagen. And one of the reasons is, obviously, he's my son, but he played on a very, very successful football team in New Jersey in Mountain Lakes. When I was coaching at the Jets, he was on a team called uh, Mountain Lakes, and, and um, we're going to get into that whole thing uh, because of the culture that was there. And uh, so welcome to the show, Will. Thank you. And um, Will's done a lot of stuff. He, he's a graduate of Liberty, and now he works for a, uh, a mortgage company called um, Churchill Mortgage here in Franklin, Tennessee. But I'm going to take you all the way back to um, your high school years because you got into high school out there in Mountain Lakes, New Jersey. We lived in this little village, kind of a community called Mountain Lakes. And um, it starts kind of with your freshman year, freshman year football. Let's talk about that. How going to a new school and, you know, we moved there from Ohio and how all that was. How'd that, how'd that feel? Yeah, so um, seven, seventh and eighth grade, I played for kind of like an AAU-type team. Um, it was, or more like CYO. Um, it was, my brother went to a private school, a little bit north of where we were living. Um, and I played for the middle school team for them. And I was set to go to high school there. And then that was in Ohio. That was in Ohio, yep. And then we uh, got news that we were going to the Jets. So, um, yeah, we just picked everything up and moved to the Jets. And I came in in the summer between eighth grade and freshman year. Um, so, because <clears throat> football happens in the fall, you don't have much time to get whatever to know anyone or anything. So you just kind of jump right in and then try and figure it out from there. Yeah. So um, when you go, like you know, you're a coach's son, you're a coach's kid, and and um, fortunately and unfortunately, there's a lot of advantages to being a coach's kid, and then there's a few disadvantages, like moving right before your high school year, yeah. but. Um, the, some of the advantages you get to hang out with a pro football team mm-hmm. and no one else in the neighborhood gets to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about your freshman year of football. What did you play? What position you play? And cause this is, this show's called another rep and it's basically, it breaks down how people were repping their life and, and people that listen to this show are, or some of them are going to be that kid that's transitioning. And some of them are going to be the parent of that kid that's transitioning. So, um, what did you feel like? What what were your emotions? Um, I mean, when you're in it, like in hindsight, it's the best thing that ever happened. Um, but when you're in it, you're kind of like, what the heck? Because 
those are all your boys on the other team, and then you just got to leave it all behind you. And you're going to a completely new place. I had never been to New Jersey in my life. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, it's kind of exciting. We're living, like, 30 minutes outside New York City, so that's kind of sick. But, um, I mean, as a kid, whatever you are, out of eighth grade, like, 13 years old, I think I was, I don't. It's you just don't know. It's scary. And it was just, like, um, just throughout our life, however many times we moved, it's, like, on average every two years. So you're never really getting set anywhere. And then we were there for four, so I was finally kind of getting set, getting ready to go. And then we got news that we were moving. So yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. It's a crazy life, but very resilient. It makes you tough. It calluses you up. And while you were there at Mountain Lakes, let's get into that. Let's get deeper into that. Your freshman year, your senior team, was it your senior team or your junior team that won the championship? So um, my freshman year, we won a championship 12-0. and Sophomore year, we won a championship 12-0. and So in two years, we didn't lose a game back-to-back state champs. The year before I got there, um, so my year in eighth grade when I was still in Ohio, we were 11-1 and and lost in the state championship. Jeez. So we were, in, uh, we were in three straight. And I want to say before that, we were back-to-back. I don't think they were undefeated, but we went back-to-back. 11-1, and lost the state championship, and then back-to-back undefeated 24-0 state That's champs. phenomenal. And the coach before we got there, uh, a couple years before we got there, was Doug Wilkins, who kind of he kind of put the program together, didn't he? Yeah. So he, um, not sure when he took over, but he was there for tons of years. Um, and the field we played on was actually named after him. But he, uh, so the school was we were the Mountain Lakes Lakers, um, and then. I'm not sure the whole backstory, but he just wanted to create another identity for the football team when he took over, so he named it the Herd, um, and our thing was a Buffalo, um, and that was just because Buffalo, they stick together, they're um, you know vicious when they have to be, but they constantly stick together, move as a unit, um, and just follow each other, and it's a brotherhood. Yeah, so. and you guys became the Thundering Herd. Yeah. And then you had those javelins with your... Uh, what were they? Squad flags. So yeah. So every year we'd have a uh, um, just like a varsity flag type thing, one of those felt flags. And every year they'd make a new one, and we'd tie that on to the spear. So we had we'd have four captains. Each captain would carry a spear, and then we'd have two extra ones that the night before the game they'd name game captains, and then they would carry a spear out onto the field too. So they had um. They had four captains, and they divided your team into squads. Was it four squads, or was yeah. it more than four squads? E- each captain got a squad. And then how did they divide those? This is in the off season, by the way. This is before the season starts, right? Um, I want to say that the squad leaders drafted. It was like just a draft kind of schoolyard pick. Really? Off a list. I want to say that's how it worked. I never, because uh, I didn't play my senior year, so I never figured out exactly how it works yeah but from what i can recall i think it was a draft i don't think it was random selection but they would like evenly divide up each year worth of kids and then was each squad did they each have their own name or identity or was were they you know the blue squad or the i mean it would just be like squad one whatever squad one yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't i don't i mean maybe some of them did but we not that i remember we ever named ourselves and how many players were on the squad uh, I don't know. There were probably 120 total kids on the team. So like 40. Was that? Yeah, like 30-ish. Yeah, 30, 30 per squad. 
And then did you guys compete against each other? The squads? Um, yeah, we would do fun stuff. Like just um, we'd play soccer against each other or whatever. But mainly what it was, it was um, they would give the squad leaders the conditioning book. And so every squad was on the same conditioning program. And this was like you only get X amount of practices. The coaches can't really be with the kids. So this was essentially how we would practice and condition without coaches there. Um, so the captains would lead the whole thing, and then we'd have captains' practices and stuff like that on top of it. But it was basically a way to get the kids, the players, to take ownership in the program and um, prepare for stuff. And we'd have different events throughout the summer that we would have to prepare for. So it was like to begin this every summer we'd run a four mile, a time four mile that you they'd set a goal for you, and then obviously you're supposed to hit that goal. If not, then you know. Um, what would happen if you didn't hit the hit the goal? Nothing crazy. I hit the goal every time, so yeah, I don't. Nothing ever happened to me. But um, was, did it ever happen to anybody that didn't hit the goal? Like the, they probably made them run a little more. more. Yeah. yeah, get them in shape. So uh, they um, yeah. So we'd run the four miles. So it would start the summer would start. We'd be training more distance just to get back in the swing of things. Um, and this would start like essentially as soon as school ends. And uh, we'd start training for distance. Then about a month later, we'd have our four-mile run. And then after that, it just goes full-on sprints and like more like a football conditioning-style thing, shorter shorter spurts, just running as hard as you can. Yeah, you also did a uh, – so a lot of things you did was just about transferring ownership from the coaches to the players, mm-hmm. which I, I really loved. And I believe that's why they were so successful yeah. because the owners – the the ownership was on the kids on the team and they took the accountability into their own hands and it just the coaches did a masterful job with the culture they're doing that there was a thing you guys did uh, I I don't know if you called it a summer run or a mud run or or what it was but let's get into that a little bit because that that's pretty cool tradition really yeah so the mud run was kind of how we ended our uh ended the summer going into the season um it'd be right before we'd start triples and basically all it was was the seniors would get in the back the all the underclassmen would have like a 15 20 yard head start whatever and there was this huge hill going up to what was called the torn and it looked like a swamp it was it was a swamp um and throughout the summer we would actually run up there and then there was like a big mud pit that we would dam up a river and we'd like get in it and make sure all the rocks and stuff were out. So everyone would show up and like cutoffs and whatever, and the seniors would chase everyone up the hill um, and try and rip their shirts off. And if they couldn't get you, they'd pin you on the ground and rip your shirt off, whatever. Um, and then we'd get up to the mud pit, and then they would call kids out, and then we would wrestle in the mud pit. And then that would go on for however long, however many people they wanted to, uh, whatever. So like if kids were beefing over the summer, they'd call out these. these whatever two kids that are beefing or they do two on two whatever and they just beat each other up in the mud pit and then we'd all run down to the lake um and then we just have like a barbecue on the beach yeah that was such a great tradition yeah. coach fusco daryl fusco took over after wilkins and that's who you played for mm-hmm. and coach uh stanzioni coach stans was your d coordinator what what was the impact that he got i know you were a defensive player you were a really good defensive player I used to call you John Lynch of the defense. You used to go saw guys in half. So what what did Matt do, and what was your connection? 
Yeah, so he um, he came in, I think, a couple years before I got there. So he was my DC the whole time. Um, and he he was just a defensive mastermind. We'd have we he just set everything up and every week we'd have a uh we'd have a game plan of you know depending on who we're playing and how dynamic they are we'd have 50 things 100 things whatever where depending on formation sets um anything motions anything we have automatic blitzes and all these things so we'd be blitzing right into plays and my uh my sophomore year the, our defense average given up like 6 point some points a game it wasn't even 7 so the, he was crazy good at what he did just building pride in the in the yeah. unity of the kids and yeah just yeah a, he'd have the uh he was a big fan of the wwe and the ultimate warrior so he'd um he created something he called warrior of the week and uh <clears throat> that was essentially just the mvp of the week and they'd give that out the night before the game for that week that was cool so let's talk about that because that was called skulls or yeah. Thursday night, right? Did you call it Skull Night? It was ca- yeah, it was called Skulls because the uh, the stickers we would get, I mean, depending on offense, would give out just like stars. Defense would give out Skulls. Special teams would give out hatchets. It just depended on what you did. you get a different sticker, but we called it Skulls. Um, and that would be the night before a game. So if we played Friday night, we'd do it Thursday night. If we'd play on Saturday, because for whatever reason in Jersey they're kind of behind and not every team has lights so some of the we'd be playing on Saturday afternoon sometimes which is kind of fun but um we do it on a Friday night if we played Saturday it would just be the night before a game no matter what yeah they and then that's all part of that culture that they build what i mean if you were to coach a team right now if you were to go be a head coach right now what in that culture would you bring what would you not bring and what would you use to um, turn your high school or college or pro team any level into a championship level team. Yeah, I mean for high school for sure, I'd mimic almost exactly what we did. Um, obviously, you can't do certain things just because of the land that surrounds you, but you can create spinoffs of stuff. Just um, and the biggest things are the squads where the captains own it and they run the summer conditioning and stuff. And then um, Skulls Night was huge because we'd all be we'd all go out to dinner after practice after the walkthrough on Thursday, and then we'd go out to dinner and then we'd come back and they'd give out all the awards they'd announce the game captains and then we'd go out and goof around whatever. Yeah, and it just built that team camaraderie. <laughs> yeah, it have the it have the team together um, the night before a game and just try and prevent people from being idiots the night before a game, <laughs> <laughs> so they so they don't go wreck themselves and then miss the game. But you played in uh, MetLife Stadium mm-hmm. for the championship. Yeah. What was that like? Um, was it scary for you? Was it scary for the other kids? What, what was it like for you? I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's sweet to do because you're not used to playing on a stage that big. Um, but for me, it's a little different because I grew up in those venues. Um, I grew up as a ball boy, so I'd be around it all summer. So it wasn't like I've never been here, like, what the heck. But it was uh, – I mean, it's fun when you get to play on a stage that big. You're in – I think it might be the biggest NFL stadium. Um, right on the Hudson River, you're riding in on the bus, and you can see the Empire State Building and all that stuff. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, very sweet. And then yeah. when you win, it's like 
triple thick frosting on the cake. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you got a big knuckle of a ring yeah. for the championship. Yeah. Let's talk about being a ball boy. You started being a ball boy for the Cleveland Browns. Is that right? No, all the way back at Fresno. Fresno. In first grade. Wow. First I mean, not grade. really. The, the first time I ever really had responsibility was at the Browns. But, I mean, in the summer, you started hanging we'd out always be. Me. Yeah, I mean, just as long as I can remember, as much as I could, I'd be in the locker room, whatever, goofing around with the guys. Um, How old are you in the first grade? Like seven or eight? Yeah, something like that. So you kind of started being a ball boy when – about the same years when I started being a ball boy. Yeah, similar. Um, so, yeah, I'd hang out in uh, at the Fresno practices. I'd be around at the Browns the first time a little bit, but I was so young that it was it was kind of different. And then at the Brown or at the uh, – when we were at Fresno, I was a little older. I was around more. And then at Carolina, I remember me and Nash would be there all the time during the summer. Yeah. And we wouldn't do anything. We'd just goof around the whole practice. Um, and then when <laughs> – It's kind of fun, though. When uh, – <laughs> When we went to uh, the Browns the second time, I think I was, it was fifth grade. Um, that's when I really started to have responsibility. And we'd do laundry. We'd scrub balls. If you don't know that, every single ball in the NFL gets scrubbed, mud, scrubbed again. Um, it's a whole what, process. What is scrubbing for all the people that don't know what scrubbing a ball means? Every ball comes covered in wax. They're real leather. Um, they're about 100 bucks a piece, probably more now. Yeah. But uh, – Every ball comes covered in wax, and you take a horsehair brush and you got to scrub all that wax off. They come like almost a bright pink color, like kind of a pale, brightish pink color. Um, and then by the time you're done with it, it's that dark brown that you see yeah. on Sunday. How many balls do you think you scrubbed? Oh, I don't even know. The when I first got there, they hadn't. They kind of fell behind, um, and they hadn't scrubbed anything, so they just had like a whole shed full of balls that hadn't even been opened. Um, so I don't know. We scrub. There's six balls a box, and we scrubbed like a whole shed. So probably <laughs> oh, a thousand balls or something. Crazy. Yeah. Who were some of your favorite players that you remember? Mm. That you just thought were funny, or that you liked hanging out with, or just, just yeah. I don't you know. know. The uh, we'd always be with punters and kickers a lot because they uh, only they kick. Need a lot they of only attention. yeah. They only kick every other day. They want the attention, so they'd always be hanging out in the equipment room or. They know us because they only, you know, kick so many balls in practice. Well, and you had to go like, catch the balls. Yeah, they're like they're like pitchers kind of. So, like, in practice, we'd be out there. I'm in, like, fifth grade, so whatever you are, like, 10 years old. Um, and I'm trying to catch punts from NFL punters that are bombing them, like, 80 yards downfield, and there's, like, 5,000 people watching you. And if you drop it, they boo you. Um, <laughs> but the punters were always around, the, like, specialist guys. They were always around, so they'd probably be the – you know, the ones we were closest to. But obviously your players, Ben Watson, all those guys are great. Um, at the Browns, I love Joe Hayden and TJ Ward. Oh, those guys um, are ballers. Yeah, those, yeah, I love those two. And those two guys cut up all the time. Yeah, and Joe was always in the equipment room, so that was, that was fun. Yeah, let's talk about that. So you're catching punts or kick kickoffs and, and field goals in front of, you know, because the crowd at the Browns, they'd come out, there'd be five, ten thousand 10,000 people. Yeah, it's training camp, and it's open to the public. It's free to go, so all the families, you know, that can't afford to go to a regular season game or something, they want to go to uh, they want to go to a practice, whatever. They just want to go see live action football in real life. So they all show up, and the Browns got a super supportive, whatever, fan base. So they're always out there. Um, and I don't even know. I'd say three to 5,000 people almost every day would be out oh, there. Oh, easily, easily. And the Browns did a great job. They put out, like, 
inflatables and stuff for all the families to go to. Um, Plus, it's fun for the for those fans because they're they're like yeah you're five yards from the yeah you're the like sideline yeah you're no more than ten yards from the sideline if you're in the front row um, yeah and so you're out in front of all those fans catching punts yeah and they'd be calling you butterfingers or whatever. <laughs> um, and, Were you nervous? <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but that'll college you do. up a little bit yeah. in front of a squad. So then, when you got to MetLife and you were playing, you know, against that other high school team, you're like, yeah. hey. I already caught punts in front of <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we caught – because the Browns would always do a family day and they'd go to the uh, – we'd go practice in their stadium and they'd have tons of people at that and we'd be catching punts out there too. So you're catching balls from NFL punters in a stadium. So. Yeah, yeah. And then you came over during the Jets too. So you'd help a little bit during the Jets. And yeah, the, my, my uh, <clears throat> freshman year I helped a ton. So we, we'd go up to Cortland State. Um, which is, I don't know how far it was, two, three oh, it's hours. Oh, way up by Syracuse. Yeah, it's probably three hours, about yeah. three hours from where we lived. So we'd live in a dorm. Yeah, you and I were roommates. In the yeah, dorm. we lived in the dorm. Um, and then, so I would just, we'd be there all day, every day, and that's what we do. Um, and then my sophomore year was less, and then between my sophomore and junior year, I didn't do it at all because I just committed full on to the program. Yeah, so you I were could be there every totally day. in football. Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference between a high school culture and a pro football culture? Or is there a difference? Or should there be a difference? Um, I mean, there's definitely a difference because, for the most part, everyone that's there wants to be there. They don't want anyone to take their job. Um, it's how they make a living. It's how they feed their families. they got a lot of people depending on them. Whereas in high school, um, a lot of the, some of the kids, they have potential to go do it for a living. But most of them are just kind of out there doing it for fun. Um, it's still highly competitive, but it's just a whole different, whole different level. Is football your favorite sport? Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's a loaded uh, question. By yeah, me. I don't know. It's just it's more not more dynamic. Well, you played it is more you dynamic. played lacrosse in high school, yeah. very good basketball in high school, really good basketball player, really good football player. So you're a three sport athlete. And you probably could have ran track as well, but it was during lacrosse season. Yeah. But uh, what made football different for you? I don't know. It, it could be just because it's all I ever knew um, yeah. growing up. I started playing lacrosse in like, I think it was fifth grade when we moved to Ohio. Um, I started playing lacrosse, and that, that would be my second favorite sport. That's a great sport. If you haven't played, I recommend it. But um, I don't know. Football is just different because you're lining up across from someone and trying to knock them out. Whereas in lacrosse, you can do it, but um, it's a lot more restricted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can knock them out, but they don't recommend it. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the weight room real quick. How important is the weight room? And what what difference is the weight room uh, with all these sports, like basketball, weight room, lacrosse, weight room, football, weight room? Yeah, so basketball and lacrosse, um, the weight room's kind of non-existent. It's not, I mean, in lacrosse, they lift a little bit, at least in high school where I was. And we were, I think we were the number one team in the state in lacrosse. Um, but the, I don't know, the weight, just cause football is so dynamic. Um, there's so many mismatches in size that if you don't lift, you're going to get hurt. And it, that's just the bottom line. Yeah. And it also helps build your confidence. Yeah. It builds confidence you got to put weight on you got to be stronger and uh 
when once you see yourself starting to get bigger, you start to get more confidence, and it's key to have confidence. <laughs> yeah, it's key to have confidence. <laughs> All right, I ask everybody this question, and I'm going to ask you this same question: What does another rep mean to you? Um, I mean now now it means something different than it used to, just because. Well, let's talk about both of them. But I mean, back in the day when I was playing sports, another rep would be, um, you just got to get out there no matter if you want to do it or not, but you got to get out there cause there's everyone else that doesn't want to do it. And you got to be the one that does want to do it and wake up at five in the morning, you go to your workout, whatever, and get another rep. So you're that much better when it comes game time, you're in a tight game in the fourth quarter, you know, that you put in the effort that, um, you can just on your conditioning and strength alone, you can beat them out. What's it mean to you now? Because you said it means something Yeah, different. now because um, I'm not in athletics anymore, so it would just be tailored more towards my business where um, in the mortgage industry, everything, things are constantly changing. Um, laws and regulations are constantly changing. You really never know what's going to hit you, so the only way you can get better is by uh, getting another rep, which would mean getting another deal. So. Always repping, right? Yeah. In everything we do. What I'll close with this. What do you miss the most about athletics in sports or football? Yeah, I miss uh I miss the locker room and then I just miss going head to head with people. <laughs> Cause you can't I, I played uh I played intramural basketball in college, um, and obviously that's completely different then football you can't knock someone out in that and it's just like when you're out there you just kind of are itching to go hit someone <laughs> you're itching to hit somebody on the basketball court yeah and they foul which out. we do and then you get fined yeah oh, you get fined at liberty yeah at liberty they'll uh they'll suspend you a game and fine you like 10 bucks or something oh wow if you get ejected which happened twice. Liberty or Will graduated from Liberty, who a very good football team this year, and Malik is going to be uh, one of the top quarterbacks drafted in this in this mm-hmm. NFL draft. Let's talk about Malik real quick. What do you know about Malik, and what do you think? Yeah, so I don't think it was mentioned, but I um, I wanted to play for Liberty, but we moved my senior year. I didn't play senior year football, which sucked. But um, Malik was he came in. My last year there, he transferred from Auburn. Um, so we had Turner Gill. For, I did three seasons there. We had Turner Gill for two, and then Hugh Freeze came in my last season. He got Malik to transfer from Auburn. So he was. I always worked with the defense, um, and they. Uh, he was the scout team quarterback because it was before the transfer portal, so he had to sit a year. And then after I left, he started, and he's just a baller. I think we were, what, 10-1 and one or something? Yeah. I think something like that. And then this past season, we weren't our record wasn't as good, but we still won a uh, won a bowl game. Um, so he has the – or no, he doesn't. He has three – we have three bowl wins now. I have the first one before he came, and then he won back-to-back bowl games. So That's impressive. Yeah, he's a baller. He is a baller. Who do you think will draft him? Get your crystal ball out. I don't even know. I, I've heard the Steelers. I've heard the Lions. I hope neither. <laughs> but I don't know. Do you I want the know. Browns to draft him? They probably won't because they signed this Sean Watson yeah. for their whole bank account. But um, I don't know. I, it's tough because there's so many quarterback, whatever. I haven't really kept up with all the trades and stuff. Um, I just know the Lions are talking about it. 
And then the Steelers are in need of a quarterback, so they're talking about it. Or I mean, that's what the projections are. Who knows what actually happens? Speaking of the Lions, let's get into this real quick. What was the major difference between for Matthew Stafford going from the Lions to the Rams? Do you think? Um, I think there's a lot of things. The Lions are like notorious for not wanting to pay anyone. Hmm. So obviously, the quality of talent he has there isn't as good. I mean, he had Calvin Johnson. I think he had Golden Tate for a year. But, I mean, there's only so far that Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson can carry a team before their defense actually needs to stop someone. Yeah. Um, so I think he had a better support system around him at the Rams. And I think Sean McVay does a great job. He's a guy that instilled a winning culture at his team. Um, and obviously their defense is unreal. So – I think I mean I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but I was glad to see him win because I think he got a little too much hate, and I always thought he was, I mean he broke he beat us at the Browns with a broken collarbone, so yeah he's a baller. Yeah, did you go golfing with me with him? And no, I yeah. didn't. I met him at uh, AJ Green's pro day. Okay, yeah, that one time. Really good dude, and I'm glad he's with Sean McVay because Sean is an offensive guy, and he basically like we had been talking about earlier transferred ownership to Matthew yeah. and when Matthew felt that ownership he took over and it just took off yeah, yeah and then they have Cooper Cups who, who's a baller um, they just have they have a lot of talent around him and uh, I mean obviously when you have talent like that it makes it a lot easier for the quarterback when you can rely on your players to make catches when you throw the ball up to him yeah yeah Odell Beckham he, he yeah. made some he, I mean he plays. was out in the Super Bowl pretty much the whole game so someone else I don't even know who their other guy that would need to step in was but um Cooper Cup in the fourth quarter was unreal yeah that was really fun all right well well thanks for coming on another rep really appreciate you uh sharing your championship years with us and um keep repping yeah it was fun to be here thanks Thanks so much, Will, for coming on. Really appreciate you coming on another rep, sharing your story, sharing how you've been repping and uh, how you repped. It's not easy to win two state championships back-to-back. I don't care where you live. I don't care what team you're on and who you're with. We, I uh, was in an NFL team meeting, and the head coach said, whoever has won a state championship, stand up. This is an NFL team. And only seven guys stood up. And then he said, stay standing if you won a national championship in college. Only two guys were still standing. And then he said, stand up if you've ever won a Super Bowl. And only two guys were still standing. They weren't even the same two guys that had won the championship. So it's not easy to do. You were blessed to be on the team and you were a big part of that team. So thanks for coming on. You keep repping. I'll keep repping. And until we see each other again... I am out.